What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Write that. Write that down, Fumi Saito. Hello from Burbank, California. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Write That Down on the Fight Game Media Network podcast feed, the free feed. My name is Justin Nipper. I edit for FightGameMedia.com, staff writer, WrestlingObserver.com. I also work for Pro Wrestling Noah, and I'm back with the one and only Japan's leading pro wrestling author, historian. Broadcast journalist, sociologist, Mr. Fumi Saito. Um, this week's episode is very interesting, and it's a little bit more, well, I guess a little bit less orthodox. It's more freewheeling than usual, and we talked about celebrities in pro wrestling over the years, celebrities' involvement in pro wrestling, and celebrities also non-wrestlers, from Bad Bunny, Logan Paul, Hua Chan, to Joe Lewis back in the day, to Mike Tyson. Uh, unfortunately, after I recorded, I realized that we didn't touch on Jay Leno, Carl Malone, Dennis Rodman, maybe another time, just up front, let you guys know. None of that. But we talked about how fans' perception has changed over the years, and especially in this time this year, more so than ever, fans are so much more accepting of outsiders in pro wrestling, whether they be celebrities or people doing it semi-regularly from other industries, from other sports industries or entertainment industries. Things changed a lot, and we talked about that in depth today, so I hope you enjoy it very much. I did, so I hope you do as well. If you have not already, please, please subscribe to the Fight Game Media Network on Spotify, Apple, Downcast, Stitcher, wherever you are listening to your podcast. It helps us very much. 
Let's get started. So today, tell us tell us what we're focusing on today. It's a very interesting uh, we topic. Talk, we were going to talk about non-wrestlers' participation in major show. You know, non-wrestler going back, say, and Kaufman against Jerry Lawler. Mr. T participating in the main event, the very first main event. Mr. T, Hulk Hogan against Pipe Boy and Orndo, right? Mm-hmm. Then the second year on, WrestleMania, early WrestleMania traditionally had many non-wrestlers. Like, you know, the second, you know, second year WrestleMania, you had William Perry, the refrigerator, and other NFL player. For, for Big Battle Royal, yeah. Mm-hmm. And a little bit later on, uh, three years in a row, you had P. Rose, you know, Mr. P. Baseball. Rose. Yeah, well, kind of like a big heel in, in real life or for all the baseball players, he's still dirty, I guess. But he, he would end up becoming a kind of regular at WrestleMania for why he's yeah, done at that, least what, two, three, four. Tombstone pile driven by Kane, like three years in a row. Mm. And also, he was uh, inducted into a celebrity wing of WWE Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, that the Mike Tyson's participation in WrestleMania was a real big deal. Oh, yeah. That was huge. And it, 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 it helped wrestling in a lot of ways. But today's, in you know, over the years, that the, particip- uh, that the perception of wrestling fan has changed is what I'm trying to get to. Mm-hmm. That uh, Mr. T thing was like universally hated by traditional wrestling fans and other promoters around the world. Remember? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was here you were born. But the, yeah. But the, the, what it was was it was still there was just something that was in the air among fans where if a non-wrestler was involved generate the interest in the general public and other news you know like other media other than wrestling media that's the intent but i think a lot of fans saw that as like impurity like it's a you're you're kind of uh, breaking the spell you know yeah well some i mean older older real old wrestling fans still hasn't got over it from that sure Hmm. Yeah, because that's what destroyed wrestling business, or that's what Vince McMahon did to to wrestling, or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. But we can go back a few few years. We just started talking about Andy Kaufman, Jay Lala thing. That now that a lot of you know, forty years later, that the, they actually went over you know spots and they practiced and the pile driver and other things were fairly safe right mm-hmm. but it was less they, high impact yeah yeah but they believed it yeah at the time you know that uh, it, it's a Tennessee audience was conditioned that uh, whenever whomever do the pile driver it's automatic DQ and also automatic that uh, what do you call it uh the, the, carried, you know, carried away to your ambulance, you know, right. stretcher. Yeah, you stretch it out. Yeah, that's that was the pile driver, and uh, in other part of the country, you know, pile driver wasn't even finished sometimes. But the, 
when you talk about the Undertaker's tombstone, that, that nobody gets up. So the, the, the myth is, you know, very well kept. But uh, actually, for this Jerry Lawler, Andy Kaufman thing, most people actually believed Jerry Lawler hurt the guy. Right, and Andy Kaufman would walk around and go on television wearing a neck brace. Yeah, nine months later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because it was not right after the thing that the, when when Jerry Lawler and Andy Kaufman came to David Letterman's show, right? It was like eight, nine months after that incident. Mm-hmm. But they still carried the storyline, and it was like people still bought it. Right. Well, that was uh, decades before the internet, of course. Mm-hmm. Now that uh, you know, with internet and and uh, and the YouTube things that they will be played over and over and over, and of course that uh, you know the number of times they they played on YouTube, the number goes up. But the, the more they show it, it's like a less believable it gets, right? Right. Because the, the news and news value and and that this talk of town thing is just. It expires real quick, you know, in today's society. But uh, in 1980s, Jerry Lawler, Andy Kaufman thing was talked about for a long time. And most people actually believed it, that Jerry Lawler had to, you know, hurt the guy. Mm. Yeah. So it's just, it's it's a perception thing. And uh, it really has changed over the years. It, it, It cannot be done today, of course. But uh, what I'm trying to get to is that the perception by wrestling fans have drastically changed over, not just over the years, but over the decade. I'm talking about um, Bad Bunny, you know, and mm. uh, Logan Paul mm. and Fuachan in Japan now that uh, nobody really hates what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? It's pretty widely accepted, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Of course, it's not a one-shot deal that uh, Bud Bunny, as big as he is, he's almost like a semi-regular. Not a regular, but uh, he doesn't just come into one match. He comes to Monday Night Raw and SmackDown to run Angle. He was in Royal Rumble, and he actually, you could tell he's a wrestling fan. And, uh, you know, his YouTube thing that during his you know, that uh, international and the world tour that American, you know, tours that he carries this replica WWE championship belt on his shoulder while he's traveling, <laughs> you know, and did you know that? I didn't know that, but I know how enthusiastic and passionate he is about, about his, like you said, I guess he is a semi-regular. When you said that, you know, I thought he's similar to somebody like Brock Lesnar used in the same way, not the same kind of person, a wrestler, but somebody like Brock Lesnar, where they're not, on every single week's episode. Well, of you should be. I mean, this is a totally different market, special you know, attraction. Marketing. Yeah, the marketing different. You know, marketing differently because if Brock Lesnar shows up every week, he really kills it. You know, he every time he comes out, it's special. And also with this storyline draft, he's the free agent, right? Mm-hmm. It works. But with this um, Bud Bunny thing, uh, it's just the people really accept his participation in the way things are all handled. And did you see the way he looked when Savio Vega came into your dressing room? I mean, he's genuinely excited. Mm. Yeah. The, and, it's very different from 
many of the past instances where somebody was coming in where it was kind of like the wrestling company wanted somebody to come in and the wrestle uh, person wrestling may or may not have been reluctant. They're not as passionate as bad bunny or even Logan Paul, I suppose. So it's different these days. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But only um, not only it's, it's been 20 years now, I guess it's, so it's, it's a long time now, but Pete, you know how people actually hated David Arcade thing. Oh my gosh. That was a disaster. <laughs> Yeah, and in that circle, one of the elements that killed WCW ultimately, right? I mean, it was so widely publicized in the States. I remember it was so, such a big deal that USA Today, I don't even, USA Today published it. I don't know if it was on the front page, but the it was. One thing that the WCW would do and WWE wouldn't is that they actually gave him World Heavyweight title. Mm hmm. You know, the flare belt, the gold. You that know, was the, pretty unprecedented. It's very, very Vince Russo-like, right? Mm. Career-defining. <laughs> yeah. and But it, it's, what's interesting is that it's today, David Arquette is like pro professional wrestler. He works independent shows. He did, he did return to pro wrestling and made a, uh, a movie documenting his his return to wrestling and he even had death matches and uh, really dedicated a lot of his life and time to pro wrestling in the past couple of years and also maybe he's asking for forgiveness a little bit sure it wasn't like that it's just now that he's partly you know, like hey i'm one of the boys kind of you know, mm. feeling he's generating and well he's like 15 20 years older now Mm -hmm. And uh, he's not in, in all kinds of movies, but he's like, kind of reminds me of Mickey Rogue movie, the wrestler, that the, that guy came back to wrestling community, sort of. And now he's accepted. And like you mentioned, Mickey Rourke, he's another one who would end up coming to wrestling as not, not he was somebody that played yeah, but a wrestler He was in a movie. participating in WrestleMania thing with Chris Jericho, he didn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, he a little older, you know. If he was ten years, twenty years younger, he would have done an actual match, mm -hmm. probably. Yeah. And uh, so it's the perception has changed because the way people are talking about Mr. T, you know, Mr. T era thing, um, Pete Rose thing, yeah. Or oh, even this, you know, NFL player, you know, working battle royal thing is like a they. All the wrestling fans really hate the fact that the way WWE, WWF at the time changed wrestling. And of course, it was for the you know bigger audience and more for general public. Of course, you know the, the famous NFL player, you know working battle royal for WrestleMania, right? And uh, the big news and other you know, media outlet or the news or the even regular news, sports news covered the WrestleMania where they don't normally cover wrestling. So it was a success, but it was, the feeling was like, like, like this is in both ways that the traditional wrestling fans still hated the way they were, hand, you know, handling the thing. And, but today's wrestling is just really, really, uh, it has changed over the years. And uh, in Japan, that the 
right now, nobody think that uh, this Vuachan's participation on, on, on the stardom card is a disgrace to wrestling or anything like that, right? No, I actually saw articles. There was something on numbers that said that she, they talked about how she could uh, land properly and fly properly and had good technique. And it seems like she's accepted by not just the... the yeah, and also those stories were written by journalists very differently from, say, 15, 20 years ago. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the, the sports journalists... I mean, non-wrestling, no, the, the sports journalists, journalism and journalists think they know wrestling too. You know what I'm saying? That's, That's how, yeah. I, I always remember because you would see these articles where they would use a wrestling term in the headline, like Vince McMahon body slams the financial industry or <laughs> what, yeah. you know what I mean? Very yeah, yeah, hacky, yeah. hacky yeah. stuff. That's hokey for us, though, you know, because it's so cliche. You it know? still happens, even to this day. There, you can tell if somebody watches wrestling or not by reading the oh, headline. The one who is not watching wrestling used that term. Yes. Yeah, yes. see? It's more like... A, it's just, it's always, we still have this stigma. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Wrestling but, has that kind of stigma a little bit. But with Bad Bunny and... With with all these guys, I think the new people like Bad Bunny, Fuachan, Logan Paul, yeah, it's becoming more acceptable. Oh, definitely, yeah. That's what we are trying to get to today. It mm. has changed completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm In interested. Japan, yeah, oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was go gonna. Ahead. Well, I wanted to ask because you talked about the early WrestleManias, you talked about the recent WrestleManias, but I know you were at WrestleMania 11 when the main event was Lawrence Taylor versus Bam Bam Bigelow. So yeah, I was there. Oh right, yeah, that, that was a big thing. And it was kind of in the middle of that time where it was. It definitely wasn't as big of a deal as it was at WrestleMania one, but it wasn't yeah, as big and as. Also, it wasn't uh, the only time. WWE WrestleMania wasn't at, at like a big, huge arena or stadium. Mm -hmm. It was in, in, in Connecticut, you know. An actual main event was Diesel, Kevin Nash against Shawn Michaels. Diesel as a, as a champion. But uh, for general public, the main event was LT against Bam Bam Bigelow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was almost WWE down period too, though. That's if right. You remember, that was NWO, WCW, Monday Nitro, almost winning around that time period. Yeah. Right before Mike Tyson and the Attitude Era. Oh, Stone Cold Steve Austin skyrocketed kind of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, LT was also like a, a very interesting part of WrestleMania history that they still. Oh, basically, Vince McMahon felt that they needed something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lawrence Taylor, yeah. Not just NFL super, you know, former NFL superstar, but he was like movie star, too. And the New and York Giants legend. Legend. And also, he, a little bit later on, came out that he had his, you know, drug issues, right? That's right, and, yes. Uh, yeah. Very famous... I mean, almost tragic, you know, like a American sport hero kind of thing, anti-hero yeah. almost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And it was interesting that uh, it was definitely one-shot deal that LT, Lawrence Taylor, did not come back to have another match. See, how many times did Mike Tyson, you know, come back? Yeah, he, he, he came back and did a few more things. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. But the Lawrence Taylor was a really one-shot deal. And also, it was one-shot deal. Therefore, you needed somebody like Bam Bam Bigelow to actually carry a wrestling match. I mean, that, it had to be him. That was one of those matches where uh, it was something where you didn't know what to expect, but it came off in the end. Like it, LT looked really good with Bam Bam in that match, considering it was his one and only match. And I think well, a, the only match. It, yeah. it, it wasn't a big, uh, uh, crit, uh, rather, it wasn't a big financial success, but I think it wasn't a disaster among wrestling fans either. No, it looks pretty good. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. people were so surprised by that, that. And that made Bam Bam Bigelow pretty famous too, to the general public, name, name wise. Definitely. Yeah, because that made him bigger star. In America. But what was interesting about this Bam Bam Bigelow was that he did this in Japan, too. If you remember, former grand champions, Yokozuna sumo wrestler, Koji Kitao, mm-hmm. his debut match was against Bam Bam Bigelow at the Tokyo Dome. It had to be Bam Bam Bigelow to carry the thing. Mm. Interesting, huh? Says a lot about Bam Bam Bigelow's talent. And also, uh, he also carried... Salman Hashimikov, that uh, former Soviet Olympic wrestler who turned professional in Japan after yes. this perestroika, in no more Soviet is coming Russia and they're becoming professional athlete instead of communist country athlete. You know what I'm saying? That, uh, I mean, they did not speak a word of English or Japanese. It was all Russian. But there was a person who can translate, you know, mm-hmm. that the American wrestler Bam Bam Bigelow against Salman Hashmikov, that uh, it had to be Bam Bam Bigelow to carry that thing. I mean, that whole, uh, to, to make it a watchable wrestling match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Bam Bam had his, you know, his very special role. You know, non-professional wrestler, you know, working in a big-time match, and uh, so Bam Bam did that with Kitao, Bam Bam did that with Hashimikov, and Bam Bam did that with Lawrence Taylor. So wow. it needed special, yeah, it needed special talent to carry this this whole scenario, I guess. And uh, there was a still, you know, like a almost like a transitional because. Um, for Mike Tyson's participation, he was a special guest referee. Who would you expect? You know, he would be punching somebody out at the end of the night, of course, mm-hmm. Mike Tyson. But uh, Vince McMahon didn't even let Mike Tyson work the wrestling match. You know what I'm saying? Mm. <laughs> it was probably too dangerous to, you know, to go, you know, to let him do that. I mean, single match situation was, I mean, just couldn't happen, you know. And it, he wasn't even the main referee. He was a, he was a, a sub referee, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of just like WrestleMania one that the Muhammad Ali said was going to be referee, but no, he was standing outside the ring as second referee and actual referee in the ring was Pat Patterson. Remember? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, so that was still like very, like 
right in between period, you know, Lawrence Taylor, the Mike Tyson, the Pete Rose. Pete Rose didn't have actual match. He was involved, you know, but uh, he, of course, get, you know, tombstone power driven by Kane, you know, and then uh, those Kane and Pete Rose story lasted, what, three years or so, mm-hmm. you know, but it wasn't an actual wrestling match. But for, but Bunny and Logan Paul and Fuachan, they did actual wrestling matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's different. Yeah. And also they look like, well, doesn't, I mean, not just looking like, but they are working regular. Well, for Logan Paul's uh, case, he's under contract with WWE and, and he will be semi regularly working in the ring. Yeah. And as much as Bud Bunny's schedule allows, he might do it again too, right? Of course. Yeah. And I think Huachan is also today's star because she's famous TV talent, but what made her famous was her YouTube channel. That's today's star. Mm. Yeah. Huachan, uh, uh, you know, the, is more famous as YouTuber in Japan than uh What's on? I mean, then 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 she's on late night TV or anything like that. Yeah. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out of market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket. Now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, it's interesting the point you brought up earlier. We're talking about Bam Bam Bigelow and the way he worked with Hashimikov and Lawrence Taylor and Kitao. And the way he worked, and he didn't uh, necessarily speak the same language as some of those guys, but it wasn't like we were talking about a little bit earlier, I think, before we started to record, we were talking about how nowadays, watch on Bad Bunny, Logan Paul, the, st- the style of wrestling isn't as improvised as Bam Bam Bigelow's style. It's very much... Oh, improvised then, yeah. So, so I'm interested to hear what your impression is of how Bam Bam worked with these celebrities. Bam Bam is, like in Terry Funk's word, is a type of wrestler who can work with broomstick, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were broomsticks. <laughs> More or less, yeah. I mean, yeah. they were wrestlers. Yeah, so that was uh, Bam Bam. And then actually, you know, Bam Bam made one million off one night match. So, hmm. I mean, and back in 1995, $1 million payoff from one match was very, very big, don't you think? And rare, especially in America at the time, because I think Japan was really the box office smashing around. That has changed, too. See how weak Japanese economy is right now and it's how, kind of, how yeah. weak yen over the U.S. dollar? 
that's, yeah. that's very different, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Bam Bam was kind of happy about that. And, uh, and also he, he took pride in doing this, you know, that uh, he was chosen by Vince McMahon that he it had to be Bam Bam Bigelow to carry this single match with, with Lawrence Taylor. You know, then it had to be success. And it's a WrestleMania main, main event. And it was on the front cover of Sports Illustrated and all these things, People Magazine, TV Magazine. This, It, it was Bam Bam's kind of happy time then. Mm. Yeah. But doesn't, uh, it's the, the outside talent, like, you know, the big celebrity type wrestling, mat, you know, wrestler, or I should say, uh, celebrity who takes on wrestlers or whatever that uh, they come in and have actual wrestling match. It's very different now that uh, Logan Paul, the Bud Bunny, Fortune, they actually come to dojo and practice. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They're yeah. more serious about it. Uh, and Logan Paul, both Logan Paul and, and Bud Bunny's case, that the Triple H even talks about it on TV, that the, he comes to performance center in practice, that he's like, he wins kind of like, sort of like a feeling of camaraderie again, you know, with uh, other that the wrestlers at the dojo. That not these people are not just celebrity who come in and you know collect one big paycheck, but they come in and actually practice with them at the like a Japanese dojo style you know situation or performance center kind of in certain you know environment. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's really really different now that people are accepting it. And it's it, American market, though. But uh, finally, somebody like Fuchan is accepted in Japan too, because the reason I'm, you know, talking about is that there was a company called Hustle, if you remember. Oh yes. In Japan, it oh, only yes. lasted the, the 2004 to 2009, so it's like a five-year period. And it, for me, though, you know. I always talk about this. Like, you know, I'm no secret. I'm not a big fan of hustle, right? <laughs> That's right. It's yeah. uh, it's it's the it's an enemy of this show in particular. And we have so? it's but it's been done, said and done, and it was something that really was an epitome of Japanese dark age of you know Japanese wrestling, you know, 2004, and actually this hustle and Pride were one and the same company. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Big, huge MMA company in Japan, and they had enough budget. They wanted to run pro wrestling shows, and the very first hustle, uh, to be exact, it was on January 4th, 2004. What does January 4th mean in Japan? Itenyon, it's uh, the big Tokyo Dome day. For New Japan New Pro Japan. Wrestling. Yeah, they meant to have their first show on January 4th, head-to-head against New Japan's Tokyo Dome show. Mm. Do you remember that? And very first hustle show was January 4th, 2004 at the Saitama Super Arena. It's a home of pride in K1, you know. Mm. It's not in Tokyo, but right outside Tokyo in Saitama, it's a huge, uh, with the setup, you can hold 
it's indoor, but you can hold like a 28,000 people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's actually like two venues inside of one building. Yeah, the whole complex of it. Yeah. 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 It's like yeah. A, a complex of arenas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But now they have a lot of that in the States too. But mm-hmm. uh, the very first main event was Naoya Ogawa against Bill Goldberg. That's right. Wow. Yeah. So they had this big show aura, but what they're trying to do was like, a, they started calling themselves, if you remember, wrestling opera, right? <laughs> it was, <laughs> I guess it was something like that. I mean, hustle is, it's hard to, to, exp- there's nothing very similar to it. Uh, and, it's it only, bit- and also only existed five year, five year period, you know? And it was but, very... Uh, it was that time. It could only have existed in that time period. It was very of that time period, too. It's a good and reflection. Also that they could only do that while wrestling was in such a down period in Japan. The reason was that, that uh, you know, people like, you know, Yuji Nagata, the Munabu Nakanishi, the Kendo Kashin, the, the former, um, former college wrestling champions, the, the New Japan sent them to pride and k1 the, the this mma situation was what uh, one week practice and had a match against people like a uh, feather or a uh, milk miracle crack up of course you get knocked out right hmm. but it was like no make makeover after i mean if it was a wrestling match you lose and probably like another second match third match you have a program you get the win back but in mma you didn't you know then, then uh, even worse yet, at the time, Antonio Inoki, of all people, basically sided with MMA instead of wrestling. Mm, that's right. He kind of uh, turned his back on traditional pro wrestling style uh, in favor of more yeah, what they called shoe fighting. At the same time, that uh, this MMA company split in, into three ways. You know, uh, initially K1 and Pride were working together, but they got so popular that K1 ran their own show, Pride ran their own show, and they created third show with you know another uh, the network channel, Inoki Bomaye show, if you remember. Yeah, for about IGF. five years. Oh no, before IGF, it was the Inoki Bombayer show channel four. For about five year period, New Year's Eve, December 31st, channel four, channel six, channel eight, Nippon TV and TBS and uh, the Fuji television, they all had very similar looking MMA show all night long. Remember? Remember Those that were very, period? very popular. Very, very popular. And also, the TV audience in Japan were conditioned to just leave the TV on on New Year's Eve. Right, and whatever you're watching, there's about five <laughs> right? choices too. You could watch the kickboxing or the singing show, the music show, or the ekiden race. Yeah, that's January first. Yeah, but yeah, but you just leave the TV on all night long, and you're not even watching. But uh, it was on in big budget shows, right? And hustle was created as a almost kind of like a spinoff of Pride, like a pro wrestling division of pride you know so they had budget in the first couple of years hustle brought in people like like i said goldberg they brought in people like kevin nash scott hall 
um, Mick Foley, the, just like a free agent from WWE at the time, but they're a huge name, so they brought him in. And there was, if you remember, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall against Naoya Ogawa and Shinya Hashimoto. Or something. I mean, it just sounds crazy, right? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, hindsight, well, Ogawa and Hashimoto as a tag team and going up against Nash and Hall uh, actually took place. It did. <laughs> and you're not supposed to remember much about it because there was not much of a match. You know, it's just a sort of they brought in big, huge, you know, million dollar superstar from America and just had that. And also, Mick Foley was so traditional that, uh, see, if you remember, Toshiaki Kawada was working hustle as dangerous K, right? Mm-hmm. At the time, with all Japan, uh, Kawada had triple crown title as his regular Kawada identity. And um, Mr. McFoley wanted to challenge uh, triple crown title match because he's never done it. And if it was possible, let's have a title match. And they, they you know, had a title match too. A triple crown title match on Hustle Ring. All those things happened, yeah. But it was more of a celebrities that worked in in hustle ring around that time period. Oh, and also another element that you know need to be brought up was that your like shoot style professional wrestling UWF hero Nobuhiko Takada was with hustle as you know like a, you're a dictator you know a costume like a, he he had this hitler costume right i mean i don't want to say generalissimo yeah yeah that's what he called they called him the generalissimo yeah and he had that with takara army yeah yeah and all kinds of comical you know characters very over the top very campy almost like a like a TV show, like a, a uh, what is it? The the monster TV shows. Yeah, there was laser and a smoke and uh, yeah. Takada wasn't going to you know have a your your regular wrestling match anymore. That he he re- basically retired from wrestling and retired from MMA. And what what he was doing is hustle. In his in his mind, is something completely different that wouldn't destroy his legacy, which kind of did, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, how is it viewed today by most Japanese fans? I, I saw him at one of yeah, the... I don't know if people remember also or fondly, but uh, it was, like I said, it only existed between 2004 and 2009, the five-year period. The very last hustle show they had was November of 2009. So it's like you, 13, 14 years ago now. Um, what if you're a teenager watching Hustle? Then they're 30 now, you know. So it's a five-year period for you and I. It was a while back, and that was five. You know, something that lasted five years. But I do know that there are a, a, like a, a generation of wrestling fans who actually feel that they grew up watching Hustle. <laughs> Does that make sense? I mean, it, it makes sense, but it also I'm interested to interview someone from that generation to see what kind of wrestling they prefer to watch these days ddt yeah and then also with you know the boom period of pride k1 and and inoki bomaya show with hustle to go with it 
lot of the serious wrestling fan kind of left wrestling altogether and never came back. That's right. That's when I, it's like, oh, that's when I stopped watching wrestling. I don't follow it anymore. Is that any good now? It's the kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Or maybe some fans also, did they switched to MMA. MMA fan and never came back, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But MMA today in Japan, not nearly as popular. No way. I mean, no. it's popular a bit, but not even close to how it was in the 2000s. Yeah, like you're talking about like a rising show? Yeah, I mean, I mean that's it's popular, but like... It, I mean, New Japan's more They don't popular. have a superstar yeah, no. like, like, like Sakuraba was a superstar then. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Yeah, Sakuraba alone, he carried the entire show, like beating Hoist Gracie or somebody. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. they don't have Japanese MMA superstar like as big as Sakuraba was then. Yeah. And also not a heavyweight, you know. The K-1 still exists today though but it's like your welterweight guys right there's uh there's takeru who just signed with that one fighting championship he's he's the big he's not mma though he's a kickboxer so kickboxer yeah yeah but he is like uh your welterweight right middleweight he's, he's tiny he's tiny yeah yeah so i think it it, it takes heavyweight superstar to carry that big of a show you know what i'm saying i might be prejudiced about it but the you know, you have to be kind of big guys. I know what you mean. I, I, it's that's the tradition. I'm I always want to be proved wrong, but it seems that the bigger heavyweights give it a bigger main event feel. I, I that's hard to. I don't have a, a definite opinion on that. It's hard to say, but well, I know we, what you mean. I know what you yeah, mean. But, yeah, exceptional superstar like your Floyd Mayweather. It's a small guys, but like it can carry the stadium show. Yeah, but it's Mayweather is your once in a lifetime kind of superstar. But traditionally, your main event is usually heavyweight guys. In wrestling, it's always been. Yeah. And the superstar during that time period, you know, who created big guy like Bob Sapp. Oh, he he's a, would you consider him a wrestler or a non-wrestler? I, that's an epitome of uh, dark, you know, dark age of professional wrestling. Yeah. Hmm. And he was another wrestler or wrestler, uh, I should say wrestler or fighter or any, he would do any, I mean, one night he can do wrestling and you know next night he might be in mma fight but uh he well he was actually discovered at the power plant of wcw mm-hmm. you know but uh he didn't even debut in america he was brought in as as an mma fighter and the fact he was trained he was training at at the power plant wcw plant plant that that part of the data was kind of erased then. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Like almost mysterious big guy, former NFL player or something. Yeah. Yeah. And also he didn't really train professional wrestling that he was in a lot of the wrestling match, even with New Japan Pro Wrestling, but he didn't work like your pro wrestler. No. Yeah. But then again, you weren't supposed to, (laughs) you know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it was like a lot, lot of things. It's kind of 
when you think about it now, it's a total mess, right? You know, and uh, yeah, so that was like uh, hustle really symbolized what was happening around that time period. Yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, it only lasted five years, and like you and I always talk about that, the wrestling fans had to wait. Until you have your Shinsuke Nakamura and Hiroshi Tanahashi and Katsuyori Shibata's era. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Because those guys were young lions then, you know. But uh, now they're a total veteran that uh, is like, well, Katsushika Okada wasn't even there then. Yeah. Yeah, he was a rookie still. Mm-hmm. Oh, probably around the time period he was still uh, with, with the. the uh, Tori Umo in Mexico being trainee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was all different because Hustle used a lot of celebrity, like, you know, uh, not Scott Hall, but the Razor Ramon HG and uh, Razor Ramon RG, if you remember, mm-hmm. comedians. But yes. they were wrestling fans. So they worked like wrestling fans. And, but they were put in the ring with people like Tenru. Oh my gosh, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you hear it on paper, you don't you don't expect to see a serious fight. Yeah, but the Tenru of all people, Tenru went with it too, though at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or oh, even Great Muta worked hustle shows too. Ah, oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they had cash to throw around first, but the, after two thousand eight ish. That uh, Hustle Entertainment and, and the prize company, the parent company, Dream Stage Entertainment, they kind of split budget, and Hustle all of a sudden didn't have any any of those budget after 2008. Then they went finally went down 2009. Hmm. Yeah. So it was like a lot to do with budget too. I see. Yeah. Were they really really popular then, or it was something that? If it wasn't hustle, somebody else would be doing that, something like that at the time. I mean, for the first time, the Japanese professional wrestling ring, they actually had celebrity in the ring and had them have wrestling match in that. I mean, Japanese wrestling fans being very, very serious about the product. I mean, traditionally, don't you think? Sure. I think that's fair to say. Mm -hmm. And hustle was the only company actually like aimed to have something like that and it was pretty popular for a while and it catered to a lot of the wrestling fans that was so disappointed in a lot of things that was happening in the wrestling environment at the time see you your number one you know uwf kind of wrestler nobihiko takada losing quick to hicks and gracie twice you know what i'm saying hmm. yeah and there was like wasn't he wasn't he good though? It's like, but uh, in MMA, it's not that way. It's like, wow. And then, then you know, like I said, you know, of all people, Anthony Noki basically sided with MMA, you know, people at the time and saying that uh, in my days, it was one and the same. <laughs> you know mm, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In my days, there was nothing it didn't distinguish MMA and professional wrestling. They were basically one and the same in my days. And, and it was like, uh, I guess that was the thing to defend. Of course, Inoki defended himself that way, but uh, 
traditional older wrestling fan felt that right in in Inoki's days it was real, but today's wrestling isn't something like that. You just have to justify what what, what you're feeling, how you're feeling, and what what you're watching. You know what I'm saying? Especially back then, because people need to realize that the word MMA, the term MMA, wasn't as uh, established. It was still gray area in the early 2000s. I mean, UFC was around, but it wasn't as powerful and influential as it is now. And Pride and uh, K1 were much more influential. But and also, also and the Pride was using profe- you know name famous professional wrestler to be beat. Right, and it was being pretty much marketed and promoted almost like professional wrestling. So, oh, the way that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think a lot of fans interpreted that's my style of professional wrestling instead of MMA. You know what I mean? Yeah, but the Takata didn't win. Well, that's the re- that, that's where the separation begins in yeah. the mind. Yeah. yeah in the mind. Yeah. And also, yeah, it was like, Oh, it was a horrible, horrible period in Japanese wrestling history, though. Really. Mm. Sad. But, yeah. sad but that's not what we're talking about today. But that's today, right. The Hustle was a company that really used non-wrestlers in wrestling ring. And that was the only time that happened in Japan. Yeah, it was and almost what? like a regular feature of the shows. Oh, yeah, that's what they're doing either accepted or not accepted or people justify their f- feeling by saying but that's not wrestling it's a fighting opera hustle mm. it's different <laughs> huh. you just have to you know kind of justify what you're watching or something you know right you've been you've been defending this being wrestling fan all your life right mm-hmm. yeah i mean always even in japan you know there are like wrestling haters, right? The people who doesn't like people who don't like pro wrestling is like, why do they throw your opponent to the rope and you they bounce off the rope and come right back at you, mm. right? And then it's like wrestling fans traditionally defending themselves, defending wrestling was defending yourself, being exactly. wrestling. Yeah, because being a wrestling fan is like being stupid or something. No, you got to defend yourself. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So start young too, you know, because the, the conversation takes place in, in your playground or your, you know, sixth classroom. grade home. Yeah. yeah, classroom, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, oh, that's so fake. I mean, you never watched it. It's like, oh, that's so fake. It's not. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. yeah, of course, of course, everybody. Yeah, I think we've all had that experience once or twice at least. So we have kind of share, kind of share the stigma of it, you know? And that's why it's so good to run into another wrestling fan, you know, in, in from different homeroom or something in high school. <laughs> that's right. right. And you become friends. Yeah. yeah. And uh, go to some, somebody's parents' house and basement and watch wrestling together, you know? That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, uh, it was not, it was all still tr- like a transition period. It's, it, the, to Logan Paul or Bud Bunny or Fuacha of today, these wrestling talent don't fit in that picture. It's different. It's it is different now. I think both the rest, the uh, non-wrestling wrestlers, and the fan base 
have a different perspective. I think it's different now. Yeah, I've changed. This has completely changed over the years. Yeah, but it's been. Yeah, uh, I think it's very today's wrestling. You know, it's it's good to have you know bad bad bunny in there now. And the Fuachan will be accepted. Not a title match, but uh, when she comes in, and she can have regular tag team and how good she wrestles, we'll clap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think having the some of these non-wrestling wrestlers that seem to really enjoy it is a huge factor in it being successful, I think. And also wrestlers are helping them train. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was more committed, you know, more committed, more hands on. I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, it was on the all in pay-per-view where uh, Stephen Amell. Do you remember him? He was a he's an actor. He was on the show Arrow, Green Arrow. He oh, was actually, OK, OK, OK. He, he was at that and he was actually at before that he was at SummerSlam as a tag team right. partner with with Pac, with uh, with um, with um, Adrian Neville. Right, right. But not and, exactly main event. Kind of no, attraction. no, almost mid card. But he was another guy who seemed to train m- much more than a lot of other non wrestling wrestlers who have right, in the past. They don't, they don't want to look bad. Mm-hmm. And, and the matches, you know, yeah. Look, it has a fine. respect for wrestlers and wrestling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a difference. <clears throat> right. I so, think Logan Paul, yeah, is like a wrestler, you know. if it's like you want to do a great high spot with Ricochet, you know? So, are you with me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I was remembering even before WrestleMania, I remember that guys like Joe Lewis would be special guest yes, referees referee. in yeah, pro yeah. wrestling. In, yeah, well, uh, way back when in the 50s, there was a Mike Mazaki. Right. Uh, the yeah. football player, yeah. 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 So they always had some celebrity involvement. Yeah. But not regular. Yeah. Yeah. Boxing not like champion. Today. Yeah. Former heavyweight boxing champion Joe Lewis being guest referee. Yes. They even did that in Japan, too. Joe Lewis came to Japan. Yeah, how early? That was pretty early on, wasn't it? Oh, like a 1954 or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some of the early yeah. tours. Yeah. So did Mike Mazzarki with, with Sharp Brothers. Yeah. Ricky Dozan was like very, very aware of that, you know? Interesting, huh? Mm. Yeah. So we, we always had that kind. Of, yeah. And also, if you look at people like uh, Leonard Mulaney, he's more of a football player than a wrestler. But he was also a wrestling, fan, you know, wrestling superstar. So there's always crossover. I mean, the, well, the point is to have more audience, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now it's a uh, it's, uh, streaming number, you know, uh, the subscriber number, I guess. It's just, yeah. Technology has changed, but uh, it evolved. But the, the point is the same. Yeah. You have more general public audience buying it because of it. Yeah. But the the perception has changed. Yes. That the today's 
celebrity superstars can come in and have almost regular wrestling match. And it's accepted. Yeah, it's definitely, especially now more than ever, it's changed. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So it really signifies or symbolizes it. It's a, it's, that's how today's wrestling is. Yeah. Not a main event, though, but it's close up there. Like mm-hmm. I said, Bud Bunny against uh, the Damien Priest in Puerto Rico, that is considered main event almost. Of course, Brock Lesnar against Cody Rose was the main event, you know, but uh, just as big as they are that uh, Damien Priest against Bud Bunny was like your main event at Backlash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's, it's a situation too that was in, in, in Puerto Rico, you know. Yeah. yeah, it was a different situation. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But Bud Bunny is one of the biggest non-wrestling celebrity superstar that that worked in the ring. I mean, today's yeah. I mean, he's definitely he has a huge fan base, and he's also really invested more so than other celebrities <clears throat> over the years. He's mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's different, and I think he's bringing a lot of uh, positive. Uh, perspective to non-wrestling fans. I yeah, think. Yeah. I think and, he's yeah. helping change the image a little bit. A, a similar thing was that the very beginning of Stardom, that the star of Stardom eleven years ago was Yuzupon, if you remember, Yuzuki Aikawa, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. famous, you know, the the model and the talent that it was going to be a one match deal. That they were gonna do like a reality show that the the Yuzupon is trained and have a one wrestling match, but mm-hmm. instead she started showing up every day at the dojo. See, the, 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 when Stardom started, the, the Rossi didn't ha- didn't have their own dojo yet. They were using Shinkiba first ring because they got the wrestling ring and you know let you use during the afternoon when they don't have shows, and. Yuzupon starts showing up every afternoon. Like if I do, if I do this, I want to do it right, and I want to, you know, practice with everybody else. And it just came to every training session every afternoon, and ended up working full time for another year or two. I mean, like for three year period, and uh, it started all started out as as one shot deal. It was going to be a part of the. They were filming for their reality TV kind of thing thing and Yuzupon was going to have just one match. Instead, she wanted to have full-time schedule with Stardom. That had like a jump start of, of Stardom as a company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was very interesting. Now that uh, Yuzupon is retired and married and had kid, but I, I just saw Yuzupon's very recent photos. She is a bodybuilder now. Really? Oh God, ripped. I mean, like really? Yeah, huh, I didn't know does, that. She uses bone does not look like somebody who gave birth to a child. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, wow. like, ripped. No body fat whatsoever. Amazing. It's six pack on your stomach, all tanned, and she looks like professional. I mean, well, probably will participate in bodybuilding contests now because if she's looking like that, she just showed this, you know, start showing this the most recent photos of Yuzupon as a, like a, like, 
bodybuilder, bodybuilder. You'll, oh. probably, you'll, you'll, you'll probably, probably find it, yeah. Uh, I'll do my investigating later on. Okay, tonight, uh, <laughs> yeah, because uh, it hasn't been out yet, but uh, that's what she looks like. Well, she, Yuzpo is very, very motivated person, mm-hmm. and I didn't think it was the end of Yuzpon that, uh, you know, the famous model, famous graphic idol, and uh, talent, TV talent, and turned wrestler. And she won the Wrestler of the Year Tokyo Sports Award three years in a row. Then she retired, started, got married, and you know had a, had a you know a child. And for like four or five years, we didn't you know hear anything about her. Now she came up uh, with this. Recent photo of hers is, is so ripped. I mean, face is still usable, but she looks like professional bodybuilder. Wow! Oh my gosh! Yeah. So uh, oh, I'm pretty sure there will be seen a lot more usable in the next few months. In stardom? Uh, well, I think it's more of a mainstream. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting, huh? Well, because it really helped jumpstart stardom when they started, you know? Mm-hmm. It was, you know, F- Fuka and her friends first, right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and Nanae, Nanae Takahashi, a former All Japan Women's, who actually, you know, she trained other girls. And uh, like Mayu Iwatani was a rookie then, you know? And uh, yeah, uh, wow. Stardom too have like a twelve year history already. Yeah, that'll be It'll very be interesting. interesting. Yeah, and also Stardom is a more more of a platform of a lot of things. You know, this Iwatani's movie is still coming out. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of things. And some of the wrestlers, not not just some, but the, quite a few wrestlers that Stardom has, they were former idols. You know, like a dancing idol, a singing idol. You know how teenage idol, pop idols are in Japan. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's a little bit different in Japan too. I don't, and I have a hard time explaining. Yeah, it. women's wrestling, yes. Yeah, and also this that the pop singing, you know, dancing idols are as a, as a, as a pop culture subculture in Japan. You gotta have to explain that to American audience. Yeah. It, or just the concept of something like uh, talent. Well, like mm-hmm. that. What what would you say a talent is when we, in Jap- Japanese? When you say talent, or like you, you say like uh, that's Japanglish, not English word talent. Because it's kind of like talento, right? <laughs> talento, yeah, yeah. So it's like singing and acting and comedy. You kind of do it. Commercial. Yeah, being a model, you kind of do everything. Like a more yeah, traditional star. Quiz shows, talk show, or cooking shows, or the traveling shows. Or, I mean, just they they just make make them do everything while they're hot. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the products, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Because so... that'll last just only five years or so in your lifetime, you know? And some people go into serious acting. Some people will retire. Some people will go into, I don't know, politics or something. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So the user is in, in, in her next stage. 
Very interesting. Mm, that yeah. is, yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, like, you know, like a Himeka, you know, she decided she wanted to have regular second life and she walked out of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is also another, you know, I don't know, another way to, you know, to end your wrestling career. I mean, female wrestling, women's wrestling in Japan. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's, yeah, it's, it's really different that uh, you have to understand, you know, women's wrestling in Japan. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, there's a lot of context there in history. Yeah, and then also like crossover now, like not a stardom star, but uh, your what's her name, um, Maki Ito from Tokyo Joshi, who is like a really different audience. Mm, that's right, less uh, catering more to uh, newer fans and less to like a wrestling athletics wrestling. Type. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she's all that good a wrestler, but she is the only one with over hundred fifty thousand followers on to, on on Instagram, right? Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. And also, she looks like Japanese anime for you guys, right? Yeah, she she looks like Harajuku girl, like your typical. <laughs> yeah. You know, girl standing at the Yoyogi station. You know, you know <laughs> okay. what I mean. And standing yeah, yeah, in the yeah. corner, they have the same kind of dress. It's very common. It could be pretty annoying for some people. Um, <laughs> with red hair, with like a mini skirt. Oh, everything. I mean, it's pretty. There's a lot of loud and interesting uh, fashion down in that uh, area. Well, that kind of characteristics moved into wrestling pop culture. Know. Yeah, and then, well, to me, like, they are using wrestling as a vehicle instead of somebody be, wanting to be a wrestler. Kind of like a yeah. WWE diva era. In a way, yeah, I guess. For, for, I, I don't mean to right? generalize, but yeah. It's, I know that, I know that, but the, something that will make you famous or something. Yeah. I, I, you can sense that in some wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good and bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the celebrity involvement will always going to be there. Yeah. It seems like it'll be even more important in the future. Don't you think so? Because of how, uh, how accepting uh, <clears throat> fans are these days. But, but not every wrestler will be a celebrity. You know, it's, it's always going to be wrestler, wrestler, you know? And I'm like, I'm a big fan of um, Utami Hayashishita or somebody like looks like a wrestler right yeah yes yes so i believe in them yeah yeah wrestling and also um uh, you know hiroshi tanahashi crossover superstar but he's famous because he's a wrestling star does that make sense sure that's right or like a, a togi makabe oh the eating sweets <laughs> <laughs> yeah like he, yeah i felt like he he's even more popular for being on the chat shows these days than as a wrestler. Yeah, he hasn't headlined any shows. Yeah, sometimes I mean, he's not on the card. Yeah. I feel like I, you see him more on uh, Japanese television than New Japan. Uh, yeah, the wrestler guy who eats all, all kinds of sweets. Yeah, and has a lot of interesting comments. Yeah. Oh, that the Toriano is the same way too. I mean, he's hmm. so commercial. Yeah. 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 Well. So we'll have, but the, but the Toriano isn't exactly headliner. Uh, but Tanahashi still can be. 
It's interesting because these characters, they can also have really long, successful careers in pro wrestling with by doing these sorts of uh, things. Just like a, in the States, like the guy Danhausen. I don't see him wrestle too much, but he's so popular. Ah, uh, being famous. Being famous, yeah, and appearing on uh, television shows and podcasts and having lots of special appearances. And, uh, huh. you know, it, it, that's more common to see these days with the internet, with how fast uh, information can flow and how quickly uh, people can get popular. People can get popular right, right. in a really short amount of time. Oh, if you now. remember, you know, the former stardom star Yoshiko? Of course. Oh, she, she is, she's also a YouTuber superstar now. She be the pan, yeah, the pandemic. She started making uh, like a baking and cooking videos, and they yeah, just super famous. And super does she popular. wrestle anymore? I haven't seen her doing it. Is she active? Yeah, I haven't seen her having any anything important, any important matches. Yeah, I wonder if she's not retired. You know, reminds me of kind of like your like a Dolph Ziggler status. That you know, yeah, I mean, not retired, but never be on TV anymore. Sure. Yeah, or somebody like you know Miz. You know, he will be given a pretty higher up there but not in the title match picture but the guy is a famous guy yeah and he's even more these days more uh, regular uh, and uh, popular with fans because of his television show with his wife it's a very popular tv show right, even for right. non-wrestling fans yeah none of those tv show existed in 90s or 80s you know what mm -hmm. i'm saying mm -hmm. so it's more, more platform to them yeah now it's like YouTube, you know, thing is just as big as TV once was, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe bigger. So, yeah. Probably for a younger audience, yes. And you for and I all get older. <laughs> I know. Yeah, but for a younger audience, I mean, uh, I think going forward, celebrities and uh, what you call mainstream or, or really popular non-wrestling acts and wrestling interacting with each other is going to be not just more common, but well, the younger yeah, so, generations so going the to be really they didn't have then was that you are a wrestler, professional wrestler, and you are a YouTuber at the same time. Hmm. I mean, both popular, you know, but uh, yes, I, I think Yoshiko in her case, she is, you know, becoming more and more popular as a YouTuber, her cooking and baking program. <laughs> She looks very different now, too. Oh, different makeup? Yeah. And, yeah, yeah smaller. I guess, yeah. Um, so, I mean, we could talk about... There are so many instances of uh, celebrities and, and non-wrestling acts and wrestling over the years. From, from or athletes, like you and I talk about it, just a wrestler becoming one. Sure. Yeah. Or... or I mean, and not just in America, but in Japan. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we there's the uh, Takeshi Kitano trying to kind of get involved with the, uh, wrestling back in the that 80s. That was TV. I saw he wanted him, and he didn't want to do it then. No, not much. Yeah. See, yeah, it's a different situation. Right. See, back in the 80s and 90s, wrestling business was the one who needed celebrities' involvement. But now, it's other celebrity that 
is using wrestling as their vehicle too. That's right. Yeah. That's the way around. It's different and it, it creates a different effect. Yeah, I think so. And it's getting broader and broader though that the wrestlers are becoming your YouTube, you know, celebrity too. So it's, I think the, the boundary would be so borderless or the blur or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's getting more and more, yeah, blurry, like you said. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Hmm. And also, I guess that we have more celebrities today than they had in the you know, 70s and 80s, 90s, because they're a lot more platform, media-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, more chances for people to get popular. Yeah, yeah, and, I guess. And non-traditional celebrities, too. You know, like you said, Fuachan's a YouTuber. That's yeah, a, YouTube, right. it's a new occupation. So, right. No, there was no such thing even 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm just hoping that, yeah. I'll, I'll stick with traditional pro wrestling and I'm a traditional wrestling fan. Sure. And I just want to see good match and good show. Good. What Terry Funk would say. Good night of wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy, Enjoy a good night of wrestling. <laughs> But it seems like you know it's always going to be part of. That's uh, today's there's, there's no there's no going back. No. Yeah, and I mean, if it can uh, bring more people to watch wrestling uh, that never watched it before, that's probably a good thing. Right, right. And I'm hoping that the, those you know new audience will stay with wrestling and you know fall yeah. in love with wrestling and uh, become real wrestling fans. Yeah, and hopefully these characters like Bad Bunny and Fuachan, their passion might inspire their fans to enjoy wrestling even more. Yeah, and then start actually understanding wrestling. Mm -hmm. But they Mm -hmm. still have to go through all these things you and I have gone through. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, I mean, the stigma is still there a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, some some of these people might help uh, break that stigma down, you know? Yeah, because what I'm trying to get to is that, you know, calling wrestling uh, 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 fake is so wrong. Right. It's you very know? old. It's a very old uh, uh, argument. It's like, uh, it's just, it's not even, it's just doesn't cover anything. It no, doesn't, it doesn't no. really say it anything. It shows you how little you know. Right. It's just kind of like a thing. It, right? Yeah. So that's what people that never watched it say. So. Uh, I, I think there's a more general respect for the art of wrestling in 2023. I think in general, in general, I think so. I sure hope so. So we'll see how the, what happens in the future. Cause I think it'll have an effect on fans and they'll approach wrestling differently. Yeah. Yeah. 10, but 20 years from now. Yeah. Now, now it's 2023 and, and uh, that's what's happening today. Hmm. You see what happens. Well, yep. If we missed any, I'm sure we missed some celebrity uh, uh, sightings involved. or involved because there's so or much the important, important point to be made. Mm. Yeah. Well, if somebody has a, an idea or a suggestion, if if they think we missed anything, where can we find you from on Twitter or on, on Twitter social media? At, all right, on on Twitter at Fumihiko Dayo, F-U-M-I-H-I-K-O-D-A-Y-O, Fumihiko Dayo, or just Fumi Saito on Facebook. And on Twitter, I'm at Justin M. Nipper, K-N-I-P-P-E-R. And that's it for this week. Until next time. 
So long from Tokyo. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.